Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. That was timed right between the bangs. <sighs> kind of. Then the bangs kept coming. And the bangs kept coming. You know what I'm saying? This is our uh, second This they is did. our second attempt at episode 400 of the Church Planner Podcast. Well, welcome to the 400th episode, part two. What happened during part one, Pete? <laughs> Somebody wanted me to put the link public, and I did, and that was a mistake. Somebody warned, hey, by the way, you might want to put Dude, a password you're so protection right, on that. You're so right. And, so and the funny. famous last words before all hell broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it felt like? It felt like when you're watching Star Wars and everybody comes out, like a whole fleet of starships comes out of light speed and it goes, <clears throat> and then it's right there. That's what it felt like. And all of a sudden I was like, whoa. And sure enough, and, and I was on mute, but I'm screaming, shut up. Shut it off, <laughs> dude! It's so funny. Oh, I know. That it's first guy did funny. drop an f bomb when he came in. He did dropped he? an f. I didn't hear yeah. it. I, didn't I heard hear it. it. Oh man, that was pretty funny. So for the 400th episode, um, Peyton and Pete pretty much ensured you all lost your innocence. We apologize about that. Look, if you're a church planner and you still have innocence, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. You're still Luke Skywalker. Come on. I think you need to go back over and tell everyone why in the world is there so much banging going on over at your house. I apologize. They're taking the uh, stucco off of one side of my house because they're tying in the the property. So, is it just going to be a giant house, or are you going to have like two house. structures? No, it's it's connected. Is it going to be connected? Even we're, the garage? We're adding on, we're connecting the garage. We built over top and then we're putting a hallway in between. So. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. You got to come over, man. I passed by your house last night, by the way. I still have your gift. No, I passed by. I didn't even think about it, but I was lost it now. I was racing. I was racing to get up to the city of Torrance. Right. I don't know why you call it the city of Torrance, right? It's just Torrance. But I was going to the city of Torrance. What, where did that come from? You don't say the city of Los Angeles or something, but you do, don't you? You call it the know. city of Torrance, right? Perhaps. So uh, I was going to the city of Torrance and I, um, I was looking at baby Dobermans. Let me get a Doberman. Are you seriously thinking about getting a dog? I'm getting a Doberman. But you already have a dog. I know, but she's old. I want a new one. What? Yeah, she's 13. She pees her pants. She wets her bed. I need God gave us two hands to pet two dogs at one time. That is true. 
That is true. You know, what we do is we always use the older dog to train the younger dog because we like our temperament. So it doesn't matter what breed we get. The, the old dog that we have has such a rad temperament that it kind of disciples, if you will, the next dog coming in. Disciples. Nice. Yeah. I yeah. see what you did there. You like that? I learned nice. that from the Bible. So uh, what's been going on in your life other than all of the banging going on at your house? I can't think, man. <clears throat> so um, I am working, as you guys know. Um, I can't talk about the textbook, but I said it anyways. Um, but I am working uh, for Exponential, and we are doing crazy cool things right now with uh, 100 roundtables in 100 different cities coming up. It's going to hit 10,000 people in live events. Maybe, maybe not in California, but maybe. Um, but anyways, that's what they're doing. So they're going to, they're going to run these through the fall if uh, pandemic permits and um, otherwise everything will go to online, but it is super cool what they're, what they're lining up to do right now. So that's, that's my life, man. That's what I do from the time I get up till the time I clock off to have dinner nice. with my family. Nice. Pretty cool. I dig it, man. What about you, man? I don't know. I, you know, I just been uh, trying to fight tyranny. Yeah, all the tyranny How's that, that going? here. It's not How's going too going? well. No, I didn't uh, think so. Honestly, uh, it's a losing battle. I fought the law, and the law won. That's well, the class it's not I'm the law; it's the tyranny. See, the law would mean that our legislature would actually have to pass a law, but our legislature doesn't do anything. Our governor just decides he's going to decree. I don't need no laws. I'm going to have a Doberman. So once you got a Doberman, you're indestructible. You know that, right? You know, I've never had a Doberman. I don't know that I'd want a Doberman specifically, but I got to tell you, I, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. They're the I great white shark of dogs. That's my best, the best dog I've ever had ever is our pit bull. Oh yeah. Lucy or Ricky? No, Ricky. Nice. Lucy was my girl. Lucy was my yeah. favorite dog, but the yeah. best dog, best temperament, best. Um, Ricky I mean, was the jump. Ricky's the jumper, right? Yeah, not anymore. Lucy? Ricky old. Oh, Ricky man. ain't jumping anything. Eight foot, right? Wouldn't it eight foot? Oh, no, it went up to 10 feet. We had to put oh, the, the fence up to right now. It's probably like 12 feet, but oh, 10 God. feet's where we finally got her to stop. Oh, my gosh. That's insane, dude. I know. I saw her jumping, too. I saw it happening. Crazy, Pretty man. Pretty rad. Just all muscle. All muscle on that dog. She's like, I, wow. I can pull myself up. No problem. So the the weird thing is I've been bitten by Dobermans twice when I was a kid. So mm. I, the fact that I want one is just bizarre. First time I ever got bit by a Doberman, I was five years old. And it literally bit through my butt cheek. Wow. Yeah. My daughter's laughing and she's 11. She thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> Do you have a scar? I can't see it if I do, and Andrew has never said anything. <laughs> no uh, one's laughed and pointed when I BA'd in my more unsanctified days. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't know, man. I, I, I just remember when it happened. My, my mom was so mad. Holy crap. Right, you were at the dog. Oh, at the dog. Yeah. She was. So, and this, is, this was in the days where it was the 70s, like, People were hurting your kids all the time, you know, but she was like, all right, you know, I remember like talk, telling the guy, you know, it broke the skin. Like your dog needs to be put down. I didn't even know what that meant back then. And Did they put the dog down because it broke the skin? I have no earthly idea, but my mom was like 90 pounds and kind of like a little freaking pit bull herself. Right. And he got on the wrong side of her. So I think, uh, I think she probably got what she wanted. That woman, that woman could fight. I watch her take on teachers. I, that woman gave it when she had to, you know. So there should be like a mom version of MMA. Oh, dude, my mom would. She would dominate. Really? Oh yeah. Nice. She's a tough lady, dude. She's a tough little lady. She was small though. She was teeny. Dude, I remember one time my mom. Uh, I, I must have done something. I either said something or whatever, and she was going for the slap across the face. <laughs> And never in my life life had this happened before. But in that moment, 
It was like Karate Kid had taken over me. I was wax on, wax off. I was blocking every single one. And finally she goes, put your hands down. Whack. Oh, man. That's when you became a Jedi. You became one with the Force. Never happened before. But it was it was awesome, man. It was just like block, block, block. Stay on the fence. Stay on the fence. Oh, dude, I, I was doing them all. Hey, did you see my tattoos when I did that? Because I did. Stop. Sharpie, we covered this on the last one, but the last one no longer exists. We had to delete every second of it. But uh, okay, you got to guess. What is that? I have no idea what that is. Think to your childhood. Think cartoons. I've already told you I have no idea what it is. Now I know. Knowing's half the battle. What the, I don't know. What is that from? G.I. <gasps> Joe? They didn't let you watch that. I have no idea what you're talking about. G.I. Joe. Okay. I've watched G.I. Joe. I watched okay. them all. Okay. Who is who is the Boba Fett of the G.I. Joe world? Uh the guy from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> so the wrong answer. <laughs> no idea. Everybody listening's going, he had a wolf, he had a samurai sword, you never saw his face, he was like the Mandalorian. He was not he was not the Bubba Fett, he was the good guy. That's Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes. But Snake Eyes was a good guy, so he's not Bubba oh, Fett. No, I don't mean that way. I mean I'm oh you're talking oh you're kind of right. Yeah, you're talking Zartan. There you go. That's his yeah, name, Zartan. Okay. I, I get your point. I get your point. I accept that answer. Come on. I accept. So it was funny because when I was getting the tattoo, my tattoo artist artist was the same age. You aren't getting a tattoo. It's not a tattoo. (laughs) It's a Sharpie pen. No, it is a Sharpie pen. I I don't know how you did it that straight with a Sharpie pen. I'm good with a Sharpie pen. I miss my calling. So anyways, I was talking to the Sharpie pen artist. And when I was talking to him, he was saying that uh, he goes, oh, man, like, like, no kidding. Guy was born in the same state as me, lived in Huntington Beach, then moved to Stanton. And went to the continuing education school my mom taught at. So it was this really weird thing. And I had this rad conversation with him because we were talking the last one about the episodes we had to mark explicit, which was an ironic twist on <laughs> on, on that. Um, and you mentioned that the exorcism, well, I, he right. started asking me about that. And I, I just started fully opening up the gospel, which was rad because you're sitting there getting tattooed, sharing the gospel. And... Um, but he was saying, he goes, oh, man, remember Zartan? And I'm like, dude, that was my favorite action figure as a kid. He had that backpack and he had a little false face that you put on. And if you stuck him in the sun, his skin turned purple. The plastic actually turned purple. Do you remember that? You didn't really get a tattoo. I really got a tattoo. You did not get a tattoo. See, because I said I shared the gospel, now you know it's true. Is your wife there? Put your wife on. I need to know if it's a real tattoo. It's a real tattoo. It was my Christmas present, and I got sick as a dog. And I, then I see. I don't know if I can believe this. Why would you get something that that stupid? Well, okay, okay. This is on his arm. Think about it. Who had it? Snake Eyes. Who else had it? Storm Shadow. This is the Ninja Clan, my friend. The Ninja Clan. You did not get a tattoo. I did. It's the Ninja Clan, baby. I'm telling you. To the day I die, Ninja Clan. You didn't get it. I don't I see. I don't know. And, I don't know if I can believe you. And my favorite childhood book. Both of these are total like nerd boogers, man, from my childhood. Uh Lonely Mountain and Smaug. Okay. Right here's here. the how long did it take? Three hours, give or take a few minutes. When did you have it done? The weekend. See, you know, you, I could see by your eyes, you had to go make something up real quick to come back with an answer. I can't Sharpie pin that. Come on. No, I you can't. You can't. Sharpie it's not pin a that. transfer. Well, it's I don't know that. Transfer. I can't tell. It's a Zoom call. I can't touch it. And I have to sleep on the sofa right now because I can't. Uh, I have to like sleep like this. You know. So is it only good for like 10 days? Is it one of those yeah, tattoos? Only good for 10 days. It'll totally like leave an ink stain on the sheets. So I, I have to sleep on the sofa. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> You're killing me. You'll never know. But if you I, see I won't. me in 10 more days and it looks fresh as the morning, then you know. Right. I just, I don't believe you would get that as a tattoo. You think I'd get a little like fighting leprechaun smoking a cigar or something? I actually can't see you getting a tattoo ever. <laughs> 
You can't. And ironically, everybody, including an exponential man, they're all like, I thought you had tattoos. Like, no. Well, no, I, I could have seen you being that guy, but now that you're like 40 something and just now getting a tattoo, I can't see. Dude, it. So when I when I used to work security at the swap meet, and I, I use that term security very loosely. Um, hey kid, get off your bike. Um, basically, uh, we would all the old guys would walk through, and we'd be like, "Dude, dude," because back then the only people that had tattoos, hey, you got to turn that down. The only people that had tattoos were sailors, like old salty dogs, ex-military guys that crossed the equator and got them, you know, it, or bikers, right? Like it wasn't trendy like it is now. So once it kind of got trendy and we turned 18, all my friends went and got them, right? But we right. were like long hairs and gutter punks. And so then uh, when we got the, uh, when I turned 18, I was poor and then I was a youth pastor. And then it was finally like, yeah, they're too trendy now. I don't want one. Well, 47 years old, man. Like I'm kind of looking at my life now going, yeah, you know, I want one for me. And these are for me. These aren't for me to feel like a cool guy or anything like that. I mean, that's as poser as it gets. But I'm like, no, I want these. These are cool. So I picked two things from uh, my childhood that being at 85, I'm sure to regret. So that was my rationale. How much did it cost? I'm not telling you. It was a gift. You're not supposed to ask that question. No, I need to know. They because weren't that, They weren't that much. I'll tell you after. Oh, you just won't mention it on the podcast? That's no, cool. because you cannot put a price on me, Pete Mitchell. No, no. I actually, I wanted to know because I, I've always wanted a tattoo, but Jamie won't let me. Well, we should. We I want to price it because that's literally where I want it is where you got yours. And yeah. she's like, no, you can't get what are you one gonna there. Get? What are you going to get? That's the thing. Because it's permanent, I have no idea what I'd get. I'm in thinking of maybe years. maybe a, a a portrait of the Fonz, oh, like leaning up against the 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 pinball machine, going hey, or or, or maybe like Rob Schneider, maybe get Rob jumping Schneider. the shark, huh? jumping the shark. Why not? Jumping the shark would be a rad one. <laughs> Actually, I want to get the Church Planner Podcast logo. Oh yeah, baby! Except we Which don't have one? a logo. The original or the Barry improved logo. I'm gonna get the Bivo Inner Circle logo right there. I'm going to reach out to Ben's and be like, Ben's, I need a Bible Winter Circle logo to tattoo on me. That's rad. That's rad. So 400th episode. I still don't feel like we've redeemed ourselves from the false start for the 400th episode. No, no. There's a totally forever a stain on us now. <laughs> if you weren't like Robert Frazier was watching it. So I know he, he saw what would happen. But it's like, if you weren't one of those two or three people who was legitimately watching it, I kind of, you know, you've missed out. Did we only have two people watching that time? I, I don't know. We had I, more people really, on it than were watching it. Yeah. You know what I'm like saying? Like I said, man, it was like coming out of hyperspace. I, I, in fact, I remember going, who are all these people? You know, because I tried talking to the, 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 the first dude. And he dropped an F bomb. I'm like, okay. I don't think I see, I didn't hear it. I didn't hear it. I asked you, hey, hey, did that guy drop an F bomb? I didn't he, hear it. he hung up on us. It was like, hey, you know, how do you say your name? You know, I, I don't know what he showed up for, but yeah, it would uh it, it, it weren't good. Mm. So what is today's topic, by the way? The four hundredth episode. No, oh, what's it we don't about? Have a topic, the four hundredth episode, where Peyton and Pete reminisce about episode 400 and the other 399 episodes. I mean, it's hard to top today. Let's be honest, but today, see, no one, no one listening to the podcast will actually know what happened. What went down? Why don't you tell them what happened? No, I'm not going to tell them <laughs> it's over. You ever it's seen done. that episode of friends where they come back from the beach house and uh Monica gets, gets stung by the jellyfish. And they, and they have in to and they're like, we said we'd never talk about it. And uh, at one point, one of them goes, you weren't there. You don't know. And they're all horrified because, uh, yeah, they, they, I think Joey dug the big hole and they got stuck in it. And the, and the water, the wave like washed in a jellyfish and she got stung. And the, there was nowhere they could go to go get help. So he had to pee on her. I think my her, favorite, uh, my favorite part of Friends was the episode where, it's Thanksgiving and Joey's trying to eat the whole turkey. 
Oh, and yes, finally he goes and he puts on the the pregnancy pants. Thanksgiving so pants, that way, it'll, yeah. yeah, it'll like he's like, all right, it's on. <laughs> that, that that right before that, Joey's eating it because Monica says, "Hey, uh, I'm not cooking a dinner this year because you guys don't eat it." And Joey goes, "What? Come on!" He goes, "I'll eat the whole thing if you make it." And she goes, "You can't do that." So, anyways, before Thanksgiving, earlier in the day before the dinner. He's eating like a bag, of, a big bag of potato chips. And uh, she's like, Joey, you can't eat that. You promised to eat the whole dinner. And he goes, look, let me explain to you how the human body works. That's one of my favorite lines ever off TV. So uh, he goes, I'm lubing it up. So it's pretty good. He was lubing up his insides for the rest it. of the dinner. No, I get it. I don't see how eating potato chips does that, but okay. It's Joey. Come on. Okay. So I watch Friends, right? Here's the thing Joey and Phoebe should have married each other at the very end. That was a major mistake. They were equally as stupid and funny and needed to marry each other. Instead, they brought that stupid guy on, that Paul Rude guy. Sorry, Paul Rude, if you're, because I know you're real. Who did he married Phoebe? Oh, yeah, I guess. He yeah, did, it was so dumb. So anyways, we're watching Seinfeld now. Start to finish. Andrew and I. The first couple of seasons through. I didn't really care for. Like the Chinese restaurant episode where the whole thing is them waiting in line. Oh, I love I that one. I didn't you like, don't that, like one. that one. Not I at all. I love that one. So those are my favorites. So the ones that, that take place outside the apartment. So like the one where uh, uh, Jerry goes to visit his family in um, Florida, his parents, I find those hilarious, man. And the whole thing is all about like this guy gives, you know, Jerry admires this guy's astronaut pin and he goes, take it, take it. It causes his whole scandal because Jerry finally, because the guy insists and he takes it. As soon as they leave, his mom goes, why'd you take his pin? (laughs) We, uh, we used to watch. And then last night we found it back on. Well, MTV got added to our channel lineup last night. So we started watching it again. We really like watching ridiculousness. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, all it is is America's Funniest Home Videos. That's all it is. Just with three idiots talking about the the videos. And they are just so stinking funny. Not the people, but the videos themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious what people do. And then put online. Great. Well, if you're here today and you're listening to the show, um, this is a 400th episode. So let's let's take a little uh, uh, walk down memory lane. So shall we for the 400th episode? Please. So uh, Pete, you know, how did you meet uh, me? How'd you meet Peyton? Let's let's talk about our our. You know, how how did you two meet? I'll be honest. I've tried to block that out. <laughs> That's probably wise. So uh, Pete and I, we we met back when you used to have black facial hair. Did I know? It's a long time. That shows you. I used to have red time. facial hair. Now look at this. People ask me, "Do you dye that?" Nope. That right there is all you know, natural white. I was at the status of Obi Wan Kenobi, though. I, you know, right now I'm at Luke status. I mean, uh, sorry, I'm at Yoda status, man, with the white hair and the the the, the, the white beard. But back then, I was at least Obi Wan. We didn't know each other back when I was a Luke and you were a Luke. Well, you were a Han Solo. You'd always be a Han Solo, right? A little, little bit of a scoundrel, scruffy, scruffy no, looking. I'm a lightsaber kind of guy. I'm a lightsaber guy. Oh, absolutely. Oh. So you, you strike me as Han Solo. Yeah, I could see that, but I don't think in my heart that's where I'd be. In your heart, you're Luke. Yeah. I get it. I get it. In my heart, I got to have a lightsaber. I mean, you at see, the end of the day. that shows the sanctifying effect of 400 episodes on you of this podcast because I think when I met you, you were like, oh no, I'm totally Darth Vader. Well, I, I could see myself as a Kylo Ren. There's no doubt. I mean, I could definitely oh, yeah. see that. Yeah. Did you yeah. hear the thinking about like redoing that whole trilogy? Oh, please. Yeah, they're, they they're keep, literally thinking they about keep, it. Because oh, by killed, the way, guys, they killed 400. Star Wars. Four, yes, they did. And um, Starkiller Base was uh, actually uh, Kathleen Kennedy. So, uh, but you know, uh, I was going to say 400 episode just to remind you guys. Every time we hit a, a centennial episode, that was a big word, uh, we like to just talk about the fact that it's that, right? So um, you're stuck here. Oh, you're not saying you, you can switch it off. 
Peyton and I are, I mean, uh, Pete and I are just going to talk total smack the whole time about our podcast. This is like Seinfeld where we talk about nothing at all. I remember when Brandon Brooks used to send us pictures all the time. He still sends me pictures and they are always the best thing I ever get sent. I'm pretty sure he doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he goes through spurts. He'll listen. He'll say, Oh, you know, I just started listening again. And usually it'll be followed by a, a series of pictures of like Ewok babies or, um, I remember he had his, uh, his friend who was a little person. Yes. That's on you a the video. Top, that's on the top of the church planner. Every time I go to the church planner magazine page, that video is one of the first things that comes up at the top. Maybe it's because it really? I'm an admin, but it shows that video. So we do should, I get we the should job? share that. Peyton, do yeah. I get the job? He's dressed like a ninja because <laughs> this is hard to say that now that I work for Exponential. But back Tell in the, the whole day, story. Okay. Back in the day, Exponential had this rule that you couldn't. Gosh, we were bad. You couldn't video. You couldn't. You couldn't interview. And so we interview. would go, hey, let's go to Exponential and get our year's worth of interviews. Right. And with, we didn't have money lineup. To, to advertise at Exponential or to have a booth. So we were going to get the RV, right? Wrap yeah. the RV with Church Planner Magazine. We were going to get a Winnebago. Winnebago. Buy a Winnebago. This was our marketing plan. And then we were going to get like 100 to 150 little people. Dressed up as ninjas. I thought it was just like 20. No, we were being you were like, I want 100, 150 <laughs> of them. And then we were going to dress them up as ninjas well, and then make them run out of the Winnebago with like little uh, ninja stars, paper ninja stars that said like this church player so magazine. PC, but I knew. And throw them everywhere. So in, in the yellow pages, you can hire little people for things, you know, like. I mean, you got to find the book. yellow pages, but once you do. You can, it's you can there, hire like for parties or whatever, you know? And, uh, and so I said, you know, we could hire, uh, out of the yellow pages and ask them to dress like, we'll get ninja costumes at the, at the costume store and we'll dress them up. And we, we had found like little plastic throwing stars, you know, you can find those 99 cent store. And I'm like, but if we make up and I did eventually make these up, you know, this, um, business cards. That mine say uh, uh, ministryninja.com, you know, whatever. And they have blood on the, the edges of the stars. You know, I trolled a friend of mine. He, he put on, when I shared on Facebook, he said, is that blood? And I said, no, red ink. That was a great, that was a great line. <laughs> Such a troll. Oh, I remember when we had a. Uh, I remember when we had one particular uh, group reach out to me personally because we had a samurai video on oh, our yeah. website. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, "I'm kind of offended that you have a samurai video," and I'm like, "He goes, I'd really like to to promote your magazine and podcast." And I go, "Dude, if that offends you, do not promote us. I guarantee you, you will be offended dramatically by what we say and do." Yeah, I remember that. I remember that video interview. He was very we, upset we that I wasn't upset like, about it. Yeah, we just paid like five bucks. We had all it different was five ones. Or. We had an earthquake. Yeah, we had an earthquake one. We had an electric one. We had a blueprints one. They were they were cool. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah, we just well, I say we. You bought them and uh, put them on there. So, anyways, the uh, the bottom line though was um, get, getting back to that. So our plan was for year two, we parked at Winnebago right at the entrance where everyone congregates. And then we literally, like, I was serious about this too. I was like, we had these ninjas burst out of this thing. Cause you know, Breaking Bad was kind of the big thing. So we thought a Winnebago would be rad. And then these guys run out and they just start throwing these little business card stars at everybody and uh, running through. And then they hop back in the Winnebago and drive off. And it becomes like the thing at that exponential they became the thing of legend. And in the end, I didn't do it. You know, I, ironically now, I don't think they know this, that this was my plan. I don't think this has ever actually come up that this is what we were going to do and uh, probably never should. But, um, but I think in the end I was like, no, because like reason kicked in. Like if people run around with like, even if they're like plastic or foam samurai swords or throwing things at people, it's Southern California. Like it could be seen as a terrorist threat. And I was like, you know, people might freak out. It might traumatize people. Well, I, I think 
first of all, had we done that, you would not be working for Exponential today. Because <laughs> pretty much they they would have been upset that that we did that and they didn't get a advertise fee. We were we were really cheeky though. I I feel bad now because I work with I work with all the people, um, and they're so cool, man. Like they're actually really really cool people. And but I remember they're like, hey, you can't film here, you know, and like they shut us. <laughs> so it was at Rick Warren's church, and we knew the guys that were like, hey, uh, can we film in your office? So we just started inviting people to. Um, I think it was um, Steve, uh, who's the guy who did all the small groups. Remember. And your, oh, your Steve Tom, Tom went Gladwell off. or something Steve, like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Steve Gladding. Gladding. We went and he's like, oh, you could totally hang out in my office. We did Derwin yeah, Gray in his office. We did uh, Brandon Cox. Oh, see, we were safe with Brandon Cox. We were like, hey, he used to work for Rick. Right. So they can't get mad at him. And so we did him a little bit closer to everybody outside. We did Hugh Halter right. outside, which, by the way, dude, man. What a heartbreak what Hugh's going yeah. through right now. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, he lost his son. So shout out to you, Hugh. Um, cool guy, Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. Really sad about it. I can't it. even imagine the heartbreak to go through that. Oh, yeah. man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, those of you that have followed um, Hugh's story, the reason he's in Alton um, in the first place was because of his son. I didn't know um, that there was a care facility um, out there. So he moved away from Denver, um, Colorado um, to uh, out to Alton, Illinois. I mean, just little hole in the wall place, post-industrial town that had kind of ground to a halt and, you know, quiet little place. And people were like, dude, what are you doing there? And God has just totally worked amazing things there since he's been there. Here comes train. Here comes a lot of horn. I'm going to mute. Choop, choop. Do you like that? That was just for yeah, you. That was pretty good. Was I had to good. give everybody the train since you muted. It's good. It's good. You know, episode so 400 Pete, and all. What have been some of your uh, favorite moments in 400 episodes? I'm sure they're all from the first 200. <laughs> I just remember the Principality of Sealand. That was a biggie. So good. Um. Remember the comic strips? Wasn't that Brandon made the yeah. uh, comic strip back? I'm pretty in the day? sure he made the comic strip. Yeah. Which, if you guys don't know the story of the Principality of Sealand, I honestly can't believe they haven't turned it into a movie. It's the world's smallest country, and it's right off the coast of England, and it's an old World War II platform. Isn't it like an oil oil derrick? Yeah, or something that's what I call it. I don't know that it's actually an oil derrick. It was a World War II platform that they would have guns on. And then after World War II, they abandoned it. And at the time, countries only claimed six miles out from their coast. And so this was further than that. I think this was like 12 or 13 miles. And so the dude who was a, a royal merchant marine, like a major, he goes and he claims it as his own country. And it goes to court, all of that. And it's, you know, basically the court says, no, he maritime rules. He claimed it. It's, it's his. It's his own country. And so then later on in the I want to time, invade it and take it over. What's that? I want to invade it and take it well, over. Well, that's what happened. So these guys from uh, Holland wanted it because when you have really? your own country, you can do whatever you want. Right. So he left. The dad left and his wife left to go back to England like for something. And his son was there to keep residency on it. Right. And they came back or the, the, these guys from, from Holland came and uh, captured it. And threw him, you know, in the brig, so to speak. And so he goes, the dad, you know, whose son is now captured, a prisoner of war, if you will. He goes and gets his friends from the Royal Merchant Marines. And they come back and they overtake the thing and they put them in jail. And they try to get like his, his uh, people try to get him released. And England goes, oh, no, see the court case. That's its own country. You got to deal with them. <laughs> so wow. England, England wouldn't do anything because they're like, it's his own country. And Fair then enough. you made your bed. You guys sleep in it. And then um, and then all the countries went to like 13 miles out from their coast. And so they go, uh, well, England didn't talk to us, but we assume that they do what every other country does. And it's halfway in between us and them. And it just so happens that yesterday we decided to claim 13 miles out from ours. So, you know, we're, we're now 13 miles out as well. 
And it, I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. That's why I can't believe they haven't turned it into a movie yet. So uh, that's amazing. Yeah. That needs to be a movie that would make a great com- uh, comedy. You imagine, and it's like, all Black, true. Will Ferrell. That'd be great. You today, if you want to be a lord or a lady, you can pay like 30 bucks to the principality of Sealand and they'll make you a lord or a lady. So, Brandon Brooks, if you're out there listening, please write a script. Pete uh, Pete and I, I don't know why I keep calling you Peyton. Um, Pete and I I will come act in your movie. Pete has an illustrious acting career. He has been in a film, which he'll talk about in a second, which is one of my favorite. (laughs) moments all the the episodes for that to come up again on this is this is quite the one tell them the story pete (laughs) i was in a movie i was an extra the unknown cyclist what was the movie it's about about bikers it's about bikers (laughs) just stop there shall we (laughs) it was about bikers that's all that matters it's all that matters leah thompson was in it leah thompson was the star role so you can Google that and find a little bit more about that movie if you want. And Pete's in it. I saw it all of like 0.5 second in the background. I had to like freeze frame and then take a snapshot. I'm like, there I am right there. That, so I, I didn't know it was kid, outdoors. I didn't know it was outdoors. And as a redhead, you know, the sun is not my friend. I got so burnt that day, like really, really bad burnt. So I'm older than you, and this is a little-known factoid about Peyton. I was in an episode of Fame when I was a kid. You remember that show? Oh yeah. I know you weren't allowed to watch it, but there's a an episode. Yeah, I'm an extra in the back. I've never looked at it and found myself, but I am an I am an extra in the back, and um, I've also been on an episode of Romper Room when I was Have a you kid. Really? Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think I found, but. At my birthday, I always wanted to see, was she going to wish me a happy birthday? Remember when she would do the thing at the very end? She'd hold up the mirror. And Peter and Peyton, happy birthday. She never said Peyton, ever. I'm sure she said Peter a million times. She never said Peyton. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, so I was on an episode of that, but I'm pretty sure I found myself on an old clip. But the problem with the 70s is all of us look the freaking same. Mom cut her hair the same, got the bowl, cut the, you know, well, I had the zoom, zoom, zoom striped t-shirt because back then it was like Kmart, right? Walmart, Piggly Wiggly, like there were only a few places back in the 70s you could buy your clothes. So everybody mm-hmm. had the same clothes on, um, everybody wore the tough skins, but um, but yeah, when, when I was little, I was about eight years old, I was on an episode of Fame in Central Park, New York, and um, I got to meet Leroy. So that was that was one. I also met Mr. Rogers when I was a kid. I met the Lois Lane when I was a kid from uh, Superman, the old adventure, like the black and white one. I met her when she was an old lady. I met the voice of Donald Duck, and I met um, Gordon from Sesame Street, the bald black guy. Nice. Yeah, that was kind of cool because I actually had a little figure of him. I had a little Sesame Street Playhouse thing, and I had a little light. They weren't Weeble Wobbles. They were like little Fisher-Price people, and I had one. So that was pretty cool. They didn't look like the real one. Uh, is someone at your front door? Uh, no, someone's knocking. You I can, I can hear him knocking. But you cannot come in. So, nice. favorite memories, Pete? What, what are some other highlights from the old uh, 400th episode? I got to be honest. One of, my, years. one of my favorite things has been uh, Barry when he had all of those sound effects, like our intro sound effect, which is like, uh, you know, and it ends with C-3PO goes, it says something like, I'm going to regret this. Yeah, like that right. whole thing. I love that. Yeah. That was all yeah. Barry. Yeah. He made that. He made that. Yeah. And uh, he used to have one. Uh, he used to have an intro with Hulk Hogan. Oh, let me tell you something, brother. You know, blah, yeah, blah, blah, we, we did. did the smack talk. And then uh, you had the Batman one made up. Remember that? How about the one with uh, Mr. Miyagi that you that you did? I made you cry. You laughed so hard. Oh, my gosh. That was so funny. Church Panther, do or Church Panther, do not. <laughs> oh, that was just so funny. That was one of my favorites. Yeah, so that was a good one. Um, of course, and, and we always bring this up when we go down memory lane. Um, the one where we, we, we had the book competition the master church planner library book giveaway. We had 25 books and we were so proud of ourselves for having this book giveaway. And it, it was amazing for us. Like that was a cool little promotion. Um, gained tons of people through that. Um, 
lot, lots of traction on social media. Um, but we, there was a guy, Travis something, something, I don't remember his last name, but we, we, some, we got his phone number. I guess he had registered when he registered, we got his phone number and, uh, no, we didn't he, have his phone number. Oh, we didn't. How no, did we, we were, it? we Facebook stalked him. But how do we get it? How do we, Facebook. we called him? No, we Facebooked him and then he called us. Yeah. Okay. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so we must have messaged him on Facebook or posted on his I wall. I think or so. Something. Yeah. Because he won and then um he 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 called us and he, he goes, was hunting. Yeah, he, he was hunting, he was deer hunting. He's like, Yeah, no, you guys pretty much ruined my hunt for the day. I've he goes, he goes, I tell my my uh my deacons and my elders, don't you dare reach out to me on hunt day. He goes, but you know, 30 bucks, uh, I'm gonna reach out to you guys. Yep, yeah, yeah. So he did it because he you had to you had to message us and get on the podcast to win. So he interrupted Hunt Day. So that was pretty cool. Hunt Day. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, trying to think what else. Um, the time we went to meet Michael Cheshire. Oh yeah, he, he like episode sixteen. Time. It was funny because he we talked about him on every single episode, and then we meet him and we're like. That's it. And like, we never talked about him again. Like afterwards, it was just yeah, like, <laughs> he was a larger than life personality. You read his books. He was an amazing writer, right? And, then you yeah, meet very him, good. and he was, he was a personality and a half. I'll never forget. We went to yard house for dinner. And at that time he had some medical condition where his, uh, he was putting tons of weight on and he had this really big belly and he was making fun of himself the whole time about it. And, I'm, it was I'm mostly standing. water. It was a weird medical thing. It was mostly water and they didn't want him to lose it all at once. Right. So they were like slowly making his body get rid of the water. So I'm standing in yard house. There's a big party of us. Cause we need to talk about that as well as Ted, Ted Decker. Uh, we had met him that it will, we'll get back. To I don't that. remember. Remember? I didn't know who he was. I'm sitting right next to him. Oh no, no, not Ted Decker. That's not his what, name. Not Ted Decker. Um, Ted, no, Haggard. what was his name? Haggard. Haggard, Ted Decker, like some conspiracy theory Christian writer or something. I don't remember. But anyways, uh, so I, I feel all of a sudden someone's pushing me. Like there's a crowd of us waiting to get in and sit down. And I feel someone pushing me. And and, and I, all of a sudden, like I find myself pushed up against the podium, you know, and then the yard house is kind of tall because I'm kind of short. And I'm like squished up against it. I turn around and look, and it's him. He's got his belly and he's like, he's just looking down on me. He's like totally wedging me into the podium with his belly. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm a little weirded out. That's really funny though. Yeah. He meant it to be funny. And it was funny. It was a little strange. And uh, he's a big, big sweaty man. I remember that. But yeah, uh, but yeah we, we earlier that day, we're at this conference. We sit down, typical you and me, we show up late to everything, right? So we sit down in there and uh, <laughs> you lean over to me and go, dude, do you know who you're sitting? And you, you whisper to me and I go, ah, that means nothing to me. Cause I was out of the country when all that happened. Right. You're like, dude, that dude's like famous, like infamous, infamous. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and by the end of the first half of the day, you and I were kind of weirded out. Cause we're like, dude, that dude had so much charisma flowing out of him. It was almost eerie. Well, like you, even yeah, when you, you were weird everything, you wanted to follow him. And we're like, dude, that is, that, that is bizarre. I, I just remember I was like, I thought it was an interesting story because he brings up, um, <coughs> Michael right. Cheshire brings up in his book, why we eat our own, I think was the name of the book. Yeah. And he talks about Ted Haggard. That's why and the he whole, had him. Yeah. That's why he had him. Cause he, was, yeah, they became Michael friends. Was, yeah. Yeah. Cause his, his friend was like, you know, his friend who wasn't a Christian was like, that's the problem with you Christians. You guys eat your own. Like once one person sins, it's like, you know, you're, we're, you're dead to me. He's like, that's, I mean, where's this whole Christian love thing? You, you guys don't show it to each other. This is crazy. And they were and, both in Colorado. So Mike Cheshire reached out to him after everything happened. I was like, Hey, I, I figured you could use a friend. Yeah. I don't remember exactly. He tells it in the book, but, but they became friends and, um, and I do think that's a huge point. Like we we will forgive anything until you become a Christian. Like you could be a mass murderer. You become a Christian. We forgive you. Oh, but now you're a Christian. Oh, and then you do this. Oh, well then forget it. And like, we just, right. You know, as Christians, we just 
don't forgive people who are Christians who screw up. And that was his whole point of the book was that's not, that's not what Jesus told us to do. That's not the love of Jesus. I mean, any of that. Right. And uh, so, yeah, Ted Haggard was speaking at that event. Um, But it was interesting because I remember, I remember we were like overhearing Michael on the phone and he was like, just let, let the lawyers at it. You know, let the lawyers just sue and blah, blah, blah. And we were like, dude, what in the heck is going on? And then later we find out he's going through a divorce and we're like, Oh, you know, cause we were like, dude, why is he like, like, that's not a Christian thing to do either. Let's just let the lawyers go after this. I mean, that's like Paul even tells us, you know, why are, why are we doing that? But then we find out later everything else he had going on in his life and, you know, so, I mean, he ended up going through a lot of stuff. I mean, yeah. who doesn't, I mean, that hurts, right? You go through a divorce. Yeah. That sucks, man. One of my uh, clients, she reached out to me. She's been married for 35 years and her husband just left her. They're in their seventies. And I'm like, man, dude, that just sucks. Like, I can't even imagine the pain you're going through. Where, where are you going to go? And what are you going to do in your seventies? You know? That's kind of like that was kind of my thinking. I'm like, why would you go leave off in a corner morning? and die somewhere? Like, I, I would like to die by myself, please. <laughs> I don't know, man. But I mean, that, no offense to those of you in your 70s, like, uh, I'm not dead yet. It just sucks. It just sucks. It's all there well, is to it. Nearly dead. Um, yeah. So what? What, what else, man? What other? Uh, you know, when I look back over the last 400 episodes, I just think of wasted opportunities mainly. Nice. <laughs> On that note, (laughs) what was your favorite memory of the whole thing? I think I I got a, I I got a couple. It's hard to to narrow them down. Our safe word still, still makes me laugh every time. Oklahoma. 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 Whenever one of us felt like the other one was getting a little, little too close for comfort, we would shout out Oklahoma. And normally we'd make fun of our safe word. Dude, who like, it's just funny like no one has a safe word for their friend yeah oh that's just so funny to me oh my gosh Um, the the other the other time and i was telling andrew about this yesterday um i was telling her how uh on your birthday (laughs) you would have to go (laughs) i gotta go We'd always be doing a password conference. He's like, I it was go. usually exponential. And you're like, why you got to go? Was I'm it? like, look, dude, I got to go. <laughs> I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> Never saw you leave so, so fast. Um, that was fun. The time I made you stand in the sun, I would say was a time where I really got to know Pete does not like the sun. He melts in the sun. Um, what else? You, you see, we were at exponential and you were doing interviews no, no, no. This was uh, Calvary Chapel pastor, senior pastors. Yeah. Early. That was early days. Gosh. Probably the first thing we went to. And, and we found out, oh, nobody likes us here. Okay. I, well, we won't come back to this. I think you were interviewing Brian us. Borderson. And, yeah, and right, like. Yeah. Which he's great. I love Brian. Really. Oh, no. He's awesome. And so I'm standing out there in the sun, right? Marietta hot sun to video. And like, you're just chatting with them. You weren't ready. And finally, I'm like, that's it. I'm going over here to the shade. So I went around to the back of the building. You're calling me and I'm ignoring your call. I'm like, go to voicemail, go to voicemail, go to voicemail. I'm like, make me stand in the sun so you can have a moment with him while you're in the shade. I'm like, forget you. Oh, I hate the sun. So I remember uh, we, we put postcards on every chair in that sanctuary place was packed out. Like Chuck that was, Smith a, was the still lunch, alive. The lunch, the lunch. Was it the lunch? It was the lunch. So we put this card on there and Pete's like, Oh, if you really want to get their attention, man, that's what you do. Pete had this whole thing and it, it got their attention. All right. I still and have it. It was one of the best performing. We had a 13% pull rate. It was great. And 13%. I remember walking up to, to some guys and they were all looking at it and they're talking. They're like, who the hell does this guy like that? That was their exact word. Who the hell does this guy think he is? And, uh, and, and they were angry about it because it, it, it literally said, um, the youth have, have all left your church. 
you know it. You just don't know why. It was some something, something to that effect, something right? Yeah. It was really provocative for them. And apparently they didn't want truth. They 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 wanted not all of them. Else. It was only some of them because we had a bunch of people because we were giving away. We a free had people CD. come yeah. And yeah. we had a bunch of people who were like, Hey, I want my CD. Here, I got my text message. I want my CD. Back and they come to our booth. when CDs were, you know, yeah. So pe- people came and uh, some guys would be like, yeah, you know what? Like, that's so true. You know? Um, and that one guy you wanted to punch, that was the same. We went to lunch and uh, that I one guy was mistreating his assistant and, oh, and you, you were, you were getting livid. Like you were fighting back every urge. And I think, I think well, you actually said something that was a bit terse. Here's the thing. He was like, he's ripping on his assistant pastor. And like all of us are sitting right there. His assistant pastor sitting there. He's sitting there. And it was like one of those things that like you and I will rip on each other, but we rip on each other like not publicly. I mean, we do it on the uh, podcast, but it's right, different right. on the podcast. Right. Like if we were sitting at a table Unless we were good friends with everyone there, you and I wouldn't like demean each other in front of people. And he was like totally demeaning his assistant pastor. And I remember at one point, cause he had a big church uh, in, I think it was Las Vegas. And he's talking about this girl and, and she's like, Oh, I've never seen your church. I've never heard of it. And he's like, well, you know, I got 32,000 square feet right over there by the side of the freeway. So I guess it's your fault that you haven't seen my church. And I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? Like you think because you got some huge church, Everyone should just know who you are. Guess what? It's right. your fault if she doesn't know who you are. Not right. hers. Right. Like, he just didn't understand what his role was. Yeah. I'm the yeah, senior absolutely. pastor. Oh, my gosh, dude. I was I was, I was, was ready to knock him out. Yep. <laughs> and I I'm like, that. I'm not even supposed to be here. I'm not even an assistant pastor, and I'm sneaking into the dinner. In way back then, gosh, that would have been like, I'm trying to think. It was 2013. And... um yeah, it was 2003, summer 2013. And we were sitting at a table at one point and there was, there were two black guys at the table. The rest were white people. And I think it was like 12 people could sit at a table. And, uh, and I said something, maybe, maybe that wasn't the time. Were you there when, when I started talking about, man, we got to go into the neighborhoods where, um, I don't know, remember that naturally. So that might've actually been the retreat. That might've not been the conference. That might've been the retreat. Um, yeah. So, uh, okay. So diff- different one, but anyways, I, I, I started making these points about need to go in the neighborhoods where the need is not where the money is. These two black guys are going, uh, huh. <laughs> they weren't saying anything. They're just like, preach it brother. And, uh, all the white guys are looking at me like, that's where we interviewed Zabanda. That's where we interviewed Leo. That was an amazing interview. Yeah, it was. So, so those of you that, that don't remember, um, uh, what, what was a free Saeed that campaign? And then, um, it was like a big deal. And, but it, what was interesting was we introduced his sister who came to faith when the church was small and she was a like ripping evangelist. And she's like, Oh, well, she goes, no, Saeed, you know, like he's, he's the pastor, but she goes, he's not an evangelist. She goes, you know, when I came to church, it was like 50. And she goes, now it's like, wasn't like a thousand or something. I don't was remember. It, more? it was, it was up either one or 2000 and it was a bunch of house churches from 10 to 20 people. And she goes, Oh no, she goes, uh, I'm the evangelist and I train everybody evangelist. So she goes, one of these days I was sitting around, I looked at the man and said, why are you guys such cowards? Why aren't you out there sharing the gospel? She goes, so we all took a bus to the neighboring cause they're too cowardly to do it in their own city. And I started teaching them how to preach the gospel and that's how the church grew. And she was, she I remember was her telling catalyst. us that when they would meet for church, it would be on different days of the week. It would be at different times. Uh, they would turn off their phones before they got anywhere close to the building. Uh, they might go with presents. So it looked like they, cause they're in the middle of Iran, right? I yeah. mean, this is all illegal. Yeah. And when they would do baptisms, they'd leave the country to do the baptism. They'd literally go to a neighboring country to do the baptism. So crazy, but we might get a cold, so we've got to shut down our churches. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. so they were. I had, to, no. I had to throw that in there. Had a little throw, a little COVID humor in there. Well, you know, um, I guess the other thing about our, you know, about our podcast that people know is that um, Pete Pete gets hobbies, and then those hobbies become a topic of smack talk. So uh, for a time, 
uh, it was, I think it was underoos, right? We talked about your underwear. That wasn't a, a hobby. That, that we that was not a hobby. But you were buying underwear, and you were talking about well, it almost true. every no, episode. I was, I was talking Remember about that. I had some good Star Wars underwear. They, they are no more. But they you are no be, more. You would come to Smack Talk, and it'd be like, "Oh man, I I just these underwear. They're so comfortable." <laughs> You know, like your underwear, it, it could be we're like, like silk. I gotta fiber go, mix. I gotta go buy some more. They were silky, man. They were they were awesome. You and then you're like, and then I found them in Star Wars. It was like it was like you had found the holy grail of dadendadas, and you were gonna talk about it forever. And uh, so it, it so that lasted a couple months, and then that that led to underoos, and then we even made a little blurb. Remember that church planner underoos made a, like a little commercial probably graphic. Brandon Brooks was involved, of course. And um, all, in the early days, all that stuff was Brandon Brooks. I have no skills. And uh, and then um, remember the Chuck Norris one, where Chuck Norris is wearing the. He had a pair of underwear, and Brandon Brooks made the Chuck Norris graphic yep. of him wearing these. They look like blue jeans, but they're underwears. And it was uh, Church Planner magazine pants, and uh, it was great. <laughs> We had good stuff. How, how come we don't have good stuff anymore? I don't know. We've lost it. Oh, We've lost that love and feeling. And uh, I'm trying to, man, if we had an army of, of then we had the, the charger people, what we could do the charger when I wanted to buy the charger. I, I was you're like, say. you're like, what's the gas mileage on that? And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. It went from underwear. I think it went from underwear to charger, right? So uh, yeah. it went to, yeah. Cause then it went to guns after that. And then went to guns, and uh, now and now it's, it's at these guns, baby. Yeah, and then it was fitness. That's right, and now it's freedom. These this has been the the sequence of Pete's uh, chosen smack talk topics, and and you will all have to endure my smack talk based hey, on what's going on in my life. If you want to hear about church planning, you got to get through that, and we don't apologize for it. So you know, and so many times you've said, "Hey, what if we did smack talk in the second half?" And talked, and I'm like, no, no, that's when I cared. That's when I cared. That's when I gave a rip. So, uh, yeah, so that's been, that's been 400 episodes, man. We've, uh, we've done, I think we've done some damage in 400 episodes. If it ended today, Pete, if it, if today was the last episode, just because it was 400, A, that'd be very atypical of us, right? Nothing we do makes that much sense. But, uh, what, what would be, something you'd feel like coming away from it. Like I'm glad we were able to do like on a more spiritual level. What would, what, what, what have you been glad about after 400 episodes would have been some highlights. I would say the biggest highlight for me was what came out because of doing the podcast, specifically the Bible inner circle. Like even though mm-hmm. we don't really do it anymore, um, I would say that the pastors who we helped through the Bible Inner Circle and then what they were able to do for their families and their communities and their churches, like to me, that was probably the the best thing about the podcast was yeah. it, it led to the Bible Inner Circle. And I know we helped a lot of guys through that. I mean, not all of them, right? Not all of them helped. Dude. But like major transformation. Yeah, no, not all of them, but some of them. Like I, I'm in touch with A. David right now on, you know, talking through some of the diversity issues that, that are plaguing America, um, you know, and, and he's helping me think and process and work through some of it. Um, he's a black minister in, in North Carolina, but his life, man, is completely different than it was. I mean, he's a he's a he's the same dude, but he's a different dude, you know, so. That is very, I mean, it's just satisfying to watch people that, you know, maybe they were, you know, they were, they were hustling for the kingdom, but, you know, maybe they weren't paying their bills, you know, um, or they're struggling to pay their bills and just to watch people kind of like, you know, killing it right now, you know, blessing their families. It's awesome. Yeah. You know, and even just the community that it created. Because which is still going strong, right? Which we talk about, like the one of the hardest things about being a pastor is you don't really have friends. Yeah, and when you're going through things in your life, whether it's with your family or with someone else that you're on staff with, who do you go to? Who can you turn to? 
Right. Most pastors, there's no one they can turn to. Like, imagine it's your it's your associate pastor or your elder that you got an issue with. Who else are you going to go to? A lot of times right. you can't go to anyone else on staff, but we created that community and they could go to each other. And like, right. that was, I think, one of the biggest things that, that we did was creating that yeah. community and helping each other connect. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think for me, um, what's been satisfying is uh, being able to to help planters reframe their expectations of what success means. Mm. Um, because I think I think for you know it's it's it always goes back to me about you know if if you think success is a big church, um, you know only you know. Uh, what is it? Something like 12% of churches um, are in that bracket. Um, 88% of churches are either shrinking or plateaued in America. So for you to go in thinking, Oh, I'm going to be one of the 12%, you know, that's growing um, that, that to me is a, a recipe for disaster. And, you know, I think of guys like your dad who, Put, put it all on the line, made sacrifice. Like those guys are my heroes where they, they worked with their hands and then they took a massive pay cut to advance the gospel. Even if, even if it was, you know, five yards on the field, you know, to, to at least just, we're going to have a kingdom outpost here. We're not quitting. We're not giving up and we're going to go for it to impact lives. Even if it's 20, 30 lives, if you, saw, you know, over the next 10 years of your church planning endeavor, five marriages stayed together because you were there or, you know, 20 people or 10 people that came to faith or, you know, 20 people that were discipled or what, whatever it is, um, youth that didn't spiral off into, you know, addiction or, I mean, you could look at so many different metrics. It's always going to come back to people. And for church planning, you know, I was, I was saying there was a um, church planner. I think I, I probably mentioned it last week that there was a church planner in Long Beach who planted, had a little bit of notoriety and fame. And, you know, I remember when the planner came to Long Beach, I remember thinking, huh, this is going to be interesting because when you come to Long Beach, yeah, I mentioned this last week. When you go to Long Beach, um, you either give your heart to Long Beach or nothing happens. Like you can't be chasing after fame. You can't be, you gotta, you gotta lay your life down for those people there. And, um, and, and it's like that in any name, but it's not unique to Long Beach. I just knew Long Beach and, you know, I knew that Long Beach was not the suburbs, you know, it wasn't like, Oh, if we just build it, they will come. Um, and you know, it, it, 40 people was what the church grew to, then this was kind of like, I know for at least for Nam, like this is the great white, you know, the great hope of, of, of Nam was to watch his church plant happen. And I knew now well, because it's blood, sweat and tears and the Holy spirit and nothing else. And, uh, and, and I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think a lot of guys plant and they think I'm going to plant and it's going to mushroom. It's going to blow up and it's going to explode. And everyone's going to talk about this thing that I did and when it doesn't happen, you move on and you, you don't count it successful or worth your time because after all, there's only 40 people there. So for me on this podcast, I just hope that um, people have gotten a sense of what church planning actually is um, versus what it's not. And that, you know, um, when the hype dies down or the books stop getting published, it's going to go back to people like your dad, Pete. I mean, that's what church planning, it's, those guys are still going to be out there doing it. And the guys that were the flash in the pan that found, oh, this is hard work and this is sacrifice and this is, um, this is not good. Those are the people that are going to um, struggle. You know, I, I was on a phone call with Ralph Moore yesterday. He's a good friend of mine now. And, um, you know, he's, I'm, we're getting ready to do something in San Diego. Um, and, and he was like, hey. You know, I, I want to be a part and, um, you know, I'm praying about it and this and that. But, you know, it's funny because uh, for him, he loves the small. You know, this is Ralph Moore, dude. 2,700 churches come out of him and he's he loves the little. He loves the small. He loves the the the, the people. face Because after you spend like Ralph did, like 50-something years um, on the field, you know at the end of the day, it's not about he's had big churches and he's had little churches. 
and he'll tell you in a heartbeat, I like the little churches better, you know, um, because it's about discipleship. So that's it, man. That's it. That's, that's, I guess, my final word on the 400th episode. So how exactly do you take care of all your IRS compliancy and uh, payroll taxes and everything else, you know, as a church well, planner? Pete, for almost the 400th time, <laughs> I would tell you, uh, go to Simplify. I, you know, that'd be interesting to take all of these commercials, right, and, and, and to, to play them straight through. That would make an entertaining thing for absolutely no one. But I'm, I'm sure what would happen is if, if anyone ever in future does their PhD on, on this segment of the podcast, they would see we have never, ever gotten through it just giving the commercial. Um, and so you would go, Pete, to simplifychurch.com. Wait, and wait, simplifychurch.com. <laughs> Let me write that one down. <laughs> yes, Pete. For the low, low price of what Josh Henry tells you, special church planner discount for you, my friend. You will get bookkeeping, IRS compliancy. You will get into your tax receipts. And if you want, you can hire a robot who will do everything else that you need doing too. Simplified Church Robot. So simplifiedchurch.com. I love it. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, and I don't have a movie quote for today. That, that lasted all one week. I was supposed to come up with a movie. Uh, Maybe you should just go back to our tagline. I think I'll do that. Episode 400. This has been Peyton and Pete reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's going to reach, you need to go where nobody's going to go and do what nobody's going to do. I changed it. See? I like that. That was good. See what I did? Well done. So thanks for joining us for today, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, thanks for those of you that have been here uh, I think I can speak for all two of us that have been here since episode one. Uh, thank you. And for those of you that have been here for at least, you know, um, 399 or less, thank you for coming. And uh, we'll see you. We won't last another 400. I'm pretty sure of that, right? By then, we'll be dead. I'll last right? 400. I'll have, I'll have this long Fu Manchu thing going on. And I'll be like, well, seven years from now, I would be... 54 for episode 800 jack you look like hugh jackman and wolverine for episode 800 i'm gonna have a tattoo right there ninja clan baby right there boom i'm gonna gonna match you yeah baby what are you gonna get same thing as you got you can't outdo me yeah baby ninja clan you be storm shadow i'll be snake eyes i get a wolf though or a doberman so do we talk about my Doberman on this one or the one that got crashed? I don't knows, remember. It's been knows. a long time this morning. I know. So it's been a bonus extra long episode for you guys. So thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music